Thank you guys all for being here today. I really appreciate it, especially the international media, the time differences and everything. I appreciate all of your interest in this. Uh, looking forward to takeover, NXT takeover in your house this weekend. In your house has become sort of this uh, fun last year doing the, the first one and kind of being retro and uh, getting to this year's. It's it's just a, a fun sort of old school flashback takeover or pay-per-view, depending on how you want to look at it, that um, I think allows us to have some fun while still giving you uh, intense in-ring, bell-to-bell action. So, you know, th this year being no different, we're, we're thrilled to be joined again, uh, once again, by Todd Pettengill, bringing us sort of that retro history of in-your-house events and, and doing an amazing job doing it. So he'll be back with us this year. The card, once again, to me, looks spectacular. Um, you know, we have uh, Mercedes Martinez, Zaya Lee, Zaya's first takeover um, as that character evolves, given all the uh, restrictions and injuries and everything else over the last year. It's been amazing to see her evolution as a performer and somebody coming from China that at first, when we very first met, uh, didn't even really fully understand what WWE was to where she is now is an amazing transformation. Um, and stepping into the ring with a, with a, a true veteran uh, in Mercedes Martinez, who just brings so much to the table in ring. We have, to me, one of uh, the matches I'm looking forward to most on the night. One, because of the retro. Two, because I just think it's going to be spectacular. It's a ladder match. With Ted DiBiase at ringside, the Million Dollar Man, uh, a ladder match for to determine the new Million Dollar Champion uh, between Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight, who just, you know, for many people over the years has been a, a, a not only a consistently great in-ring performer, but a but a certainly a very uh, standout talent on the microphone, and Cameron Grimes who just in the last year, year and a half, has just blossomed into just an amazing character, has always had the in-ring skills, has always bell the bell. You know, he, he does. It's funny, we, Ted DiBiase and I were talking about it a few weeks ago, and he, he really does, in some ways, bring Ted to what he was, which is this amazing in-ring performer, uh, bell the bell, that then came and got a character that took him to a whole other level. And he can always get it done in the ring. So that's, that's um, I think, going to be something special. The six-man tag, winner-take-all, Bronson Reed and MSK uh, versus Legato Del Fantasma, all people in that coming into their own. If you really look at it a year and a half ago, all just kind of getting rolling and really stepping into their own and becoming top performers, that should be something special. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Ember Moon for the NXT Women's Championship, Ember, just since coming back from her injury, has just been on fire and reinvigorated herself, and, and that passion and fire is back in her eyes. And Raquel Gonzalez, who has, you know, when you when you think about it, just a, a year or so ago, uh, stepping into NXT kind of for the first time and, and really just transforming herself into something special, that's going to be amazing. And then, of course, in the main event, um, 
Darian Cross defends the NXT title against Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, and Adam Cole in what has very quickly become a very heated match where you, to me, in my opinion, you sort of can't call it, and it's um, it's it's the kind of match that will be spectacular and will have your head turning on a swivel at all times. Really looking forward to it. So TakeOver looks on uh, on paper, certainly looks spectacular. Uh, the pre-show this year or uh, this weekend will have uh, Sam Roberts, because what would a pre-show be without Sam Roberts to irritate the world? Um, and then uh, we will be bringing in Arash Markazi, who will be uh, appearing as a panelist, who brings a great uh, point of view to me, and just as a fan, and bringing a, a sports point of view. And then, of course, we will be being joined by Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrasso. Um, you know, this is one of the things I'm looking forward to, is hopefully opening this up a little bit across the board for some of you in the uh, in the media to be a part of these pre-show panels and uh, take over pre-events to where we can have you be a part of the panel and bring your voice and your um, sort of point of view to these events, um, to our fans, and I think it's really something cool that we can open up doing as long as Justin doesn't screw it up for all of you. So if it doesn't go well, all of you should feel free to call Justin directly. Um, <laughs> with complaints and, uh, and problems. So with that, I will open it up to questioning. And um, again, thank you all for being here. All right, everybody, we'll keep it to one question for Alan, please. Thank you very much. To ask your question, please press star followed by the digit one. Question from Mike Johnson with P. Winside. Mike, we're, we're back cooking with gas here. All right, I'm real happy to be uh, representing P. Winsider. How are you, Paul? Uh, good, how are you? I'm good. I actually wanted to ask you something about the uh, the vignettes that aired last night with uh, Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight, or Tuesday night, I should say, with Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight. Uh, those look like they were some of the old Jeremy Borash type of special productions. Um, I especially cracked up at the little Dumb and Dumber homage in the Cameron Grimes part. Uh, I was wondering, what's the process of putting those together? Is it something the team produces and then they bring back to you is are you are you hands-on with these things and what's the balance you'd like between vignettes like that since we're starting to see a little bit more of them for in, in for building characters versus just doing everything primarily in ring driven because much more of nxt is more in ring driven than the other brands so just curious yeah look i i love having a balance of all of it and and i also don't like to me, when you start to get into, well, this is what we do and this is how it is, then it becomes very formulaic, and then you're stuck there. I, I think there's opportunities um, to do all of it at various points. And, and uh, what, it's funny, what's, what's cool is you said it's like a Jeremy Borash special. So like Jeremy Borash specials are across the board in NXT. Um, just sometimes you don't realize maybe they're Jeremy Borash specials. I go back all the way to... Uh, you know, the, the Chien Sha stuff from the very beginning with the origin stories and, and everything else across the board. Uh, big part of that, you know, uh, Jeremy, and, and um, creatively. We, we all work on it together. NXT is a very collaborative effort, right? And so we come up with ideas and concepts. We come up with ideas and concepts not only in and amongst the, the team, in and amongst the crash team, in and amongst the talent themselves, 
and then we try to, to figure out what the best way to go about doing them and, and how do we want to execute them. I, I love those vignettes. They were a lot of fun. Um, I think everybody had a lot of fun making them, apparently except for Grimes, who apparently does not know how to smoke a cigar or have a drink, and literally they had to do that one take, and I think it almost killed him. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, better things for him this weekend, and uh, I thank you for the time. Look forward to the show. Can't have enough Todd Pettengill as far as I'm concerned, so looking forward to that. Thanks for the time. Thanks. Hopefully you still feel that way after the show. <laughs> we'll see. And next I'll move to Vineet Rakamasharan with News 18. Hello. Hey, Paul. Hi. Uh, so I was just jumping straight in. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, MSK and, and, and uh, you know, the, the incredible start they have had. Uh, undefeated as a team since uh, NXT TV debuts, clearly they are in the spotlight. Uh, so, what do you see in them uh, to you know give them give them this kind of a push? And especially NXT's the strong should have has always been back teams, and and they have been there in the forefront. Uh, so, just your thoughts on them and. Uh, there's always a comparison. There's, you see shades of them in any particular, you know, common WWE tag team uh, duos in them. Um, so the, thank you for the question. I, I, I think the second part you were asking, are there, are there other tag teams that I see in them, that I see them being sort of like? Right. Is the question? Yeah. So, right, yes, yes. Uh, okay. So, uh, look, for me, MSK bring an energy and an excitement um, to the tag division that I, I that I really like. I, I just think they're they uh, they feel fresh and and new and exciting, and they bring an energy and an excitement, and um, you know they're just there and get the crowd going. Now, so to me, in in some ways, it's your traditional babyface uh, team that's that's exciting and and young and hip and and all those things. Um, you know, as far as who they, you know, comparisons to, I mean, I, I guess in some way you could compare them to other teams, you know, the Rock and Roll Express maybe or something like that because they're that, that pure babyface tag team, the Midnight Rockers or something. Um, but, I, you know, I, it's so funny. Everybody always wants to compare people to others, and I, I don't like to do that to me. I, I While there might be a, a sort of a, a grouping that they fit in, I, I want them to be the first MSK and I want them to do things that are original. It's one of the deals where I try to have a conversation with talent when they all first walk in the door about be, be you, bring you to the table, and, and don't try to emulate something you saw in the past. Don't try to be something you're not. Every performer, I did it, Sean did it, uh, you know, Hogan did it, um, Austin, Rock. You all try to bring something from somebody else there's bits and pieces of things that you take from people along the way and then you hopefully turn them into your own and make them yours and and become the first you and and hopefully that's what msk is doing but i think they have an energy and an excitement that um that uh, was needed and and uh, i'm i'm happy for them i'm excited the other thing is every little piece of opportunity that we gave them they knocked out of the park so um i'm i'm when, when somebody does that, when they bring that drive and work ethic, I'm, I'm happy to go to bat for them and make and, and, and help them uh, get the success that they're, they're looking for. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your time, uh, Paul, and looking forward to the show. Thank you, sir. 
next I'll move to Jason Powell with ProWrestling.net. Hey, Paul. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. So a few of the challengers for the NXT title seem to be playing on some of the online criticisms of Carry On Cross. Do you feel like those are valid criticisms? And, and please just explain your strategy of having them take this approach, which seems to go against the usual philosophy of accentuating the positives and hiding the negatives. Well, I, I mean, I think that if you were to... Um, to me, it's more reality-based when if you were to um, get into a confrontation with somebody, what would you bring up? Sure. Talk about their postures and 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 how good of things that they do, and then you know, like go from there. Or would you bring up some of that, and then also bring up some of the things that are uh, criticisms of them, or holes in their game, or weaknesses that you see? It's not necessarily criticism, really. Like, um, look, we we put appropriate bells and whistles on everybody. Um, you, you can say it's a funny thing that the Internet has made up terms like workhorse or um, stuff like that. Like when I, it's, it always makes me laugh when I hear somebody, I'm a workhorse of the brand. I do Everybody here works hard. Everybody. You just work different. You're not working any harder. You're not working anything. Any. You're not doing more days. You're not doing more this, more that. Everyone works hard. Um, if they don't, they're not here long. Um, everybody brings a different strength to the table. So, yeah, there, some of that is, is fair criticism, and, and then some of that is playing to the strengths of a character and what they would say while, um, you know, delivering something that is a, oh, my gosh, moment. Like, you know, there, there were a lot of people that um, questioned that first interaction between Cross and Adam Cole as they both crossed the line. I'm not going to tell you that they didn't. I am going to tell you that the reaction that they got made it all okay. Right? So what, we're, what, what are we really looking for in our business? I don't want to tear anybody down and weaken them as a character or as a performer. But that's all in where you go with it. You, 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 can, you can tell a, a Tyson Fury can call uh, Deontay Wilder a one-punch knockout champion, and that's all he brings to the table, and he can't box. But if he KOs Tyson Fury in, in that fight, there you go. Right. Yeah, you're right. I am. And I just knocked you out. Right. There, there's going to be criticisms. There's going to be things that make them angry. There's going. But then are they right or is it just talk? So uh, to me, that's what makes it real and makes it feel spectacular um, and 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 blurs that line of, geez, were they all OK with what they just said? Because it didn't feel like they were now that you can. Can you go too inside with that? Can you go? Um, too far with it, yeah, it's a balance, right? It's a balance. Um, and and uh, the truth is, if you want to be in this business, you probably shouldn't have thin skin anyway because I'll tell you, all you got to do is pick up your phone and your skin's gone. So um, <laughs> that's, what, that's, what you, that's what we work with, and, and I think that's the beauty of it when you can get to that point. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thank you. 
Next, we'll move to Gary Cassidy with Inside the Rope. Hi, Paul. Hello. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Um, so, a lot of times on these kind of calls, I've asked you about the NXT women's division. I know yourself and Shawn Michaels very proudly say it's the best in the world. It's hard to argue with that. Um, with that being said, bit of a double-edged one. Sasha Banks recently spoke about her vision for an all-women's show. Mickey James has announced an all-women's pay-per-view with NWA, and she said she wants the best women in the world, regardless of contractual status. Will we see any women from NXT appear in NWA this August, or has, perchance, an all-women's pay-per-view or show been discussed in oh. WWE at all? But haven't we already done them? <laughs> Another it's, one, it's, then. It's, it's, a funny, it's, it's a funny thing to me. I just don't... So equality is equality. Equality is not, I want my own show. Equality is not, um, we have to have our own program. Uh, if you, if I told you that I was making an all-men's program and I didn't want women on it, it would be criticized. It, you know, I, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Um, I do think it's funny when people go, I want, the, I want the best in the world regardless of contractual status. Well, why, why, like, I'm sorry, but from a business person's standpoint, then why do we have contractual status, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, yeah, I, if you want to wrestle the best women in the world, come to the WWE. That's where they are. If you want to go elsewhere and say that they are, that's an opinion, um, and you can but it, but it, it, it is what it is, and and I, you know, while I'm I'm all for it, I was one of the biggest drivers of it, um, and and will we do another all women's event down the line? But possibly, but it, you know, it's it's not the must have in the moment. I, I think we do an amazing job of displaying our our uh, female athletes, and is it perfect? No. Will it always be in flux? Yes. Um, but I think we do a pretty good job, and and my opinion. And again, my opinion, the best female performers in the world are in WWE, and then if they're not, they want to be. Thank you. And next, we move to Dave Meltzer with Wrestling Observer. Hey, Paul, hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? Good, good, good. Um... One of the things that I've heard a lot when it comes to NXT and is that, and I know this is not really, this doesn't fall under your decision making, but it's a reality that a lot of people bring up, is that years ago, you know, not that many years ago, but let's say two years ago, three years ago, you'd watch NXT and you'd watch the top guys in NXT and one of the lures besides the moment of, okay, we're going to see this great takeover show because they always are, is that at at some point in a year or whatever they're going to go to Raw or SmackDown and they're going to be big stars, whether it was you know Kevin Owens or or McIntyre, who's obviously a huge success. And lately, it's when you watch the top guys in NXT, uh, they're there and they're there for years and years and years, and it doesn't feel like it's the same upward mobility. And then sometimes when they are brought up, um, it's. You know, they're not Kevin Owens and, and McIntyre. I mean, I guess there hasn't been another one of that lately, and there's kind of that frustration that, 
you know, we followed Johnny Gargano or Ciampa for years. And granted, they're, they're exceptions to the rule because I'm sure that they're better off where they are. But the, the general consensus is, is we follow these guys for years and years, and they're not moving up. And then when they move up, they're misused. And it kind of takes this feel of it's not the same level of excitement that it was two, three years ago. Yeah, so, the, you know, one way of looking at it is mis- misused. Another way of looking at it is things don't always pan out. Like, look, there are players that play in the NFL. There are there are players that play in college football, and people cannot wait for them to get to the NFL, and they get to the NFL, and it doesn't work. It yeah. doesn't pan out. And and you can say, well, the team misused them or mismanaged them or or the, the coach that the team they played for didn't put them in the right roles or do whatever, but there can be a million reasons. Um, you know, it can also be that sometimes talent don't fit in a particular place or talent got to a particular place and then thought, I made it, and that was the end of their growth curve. Um, sometimes it just doesn't work. You know, there's there's a lot of factors. Um, as NXT has grown, one of the things that has changed about it is it and, – and look, there, there's, there, is a, there is a question there when you say, so what is NXT? Is it just strictly a developmental – where you're looking for everybody there to eventually move on, or is it, or is it its own brand? Is it its own, um, its own uh, organization, its own um, grouping? You know, the it'll be an interesting place of sort of the criticisms. Uh, you know, a year or two in, three years in, four years in, that was a heavy knock on NXT. And and I, I don't know if you remember it that way, but I do. And for me, doing the interviews at that time, it was always said, how can I get into this brand whenever I get excited about a talent, they move on. It, it, it kills me for the brand, and I don't like it, and it was a heavy-duty criticism. Um, that was for the you know, first three, four years, and then it, that morphed into a different place where people got accustomed to that, and it switched. The brand changed again, and it's and it's changed into a place where yeah, there are going to be some talent that will be in in a position for a long time. They they might not fit different places. They might not want to go different places. There are some talent that that, that don't want to uh, to to leave and to expand beyond. That they they don't want to. Um, maybe the the schedule doesn't work for them uh, physically. Whatever it is, you know. So so there's a lot of options there. It's a funny thing to me sometimes that in our business, everybody is so worried about where people are going to go or land or how is this going to play out long-term in the future. How about watch it? Do you like it or do you not like it? Do you like it and, and do you like it? Do you have to say, well, I like it, but I, oh, I like this other thing more. Or I like it, but I don't like it as much as I like that one. Like, it's just, it's just watch it or don't, you know. And, and stop trying to figure out where everything goes. Fans ruin their own stuff half the time trying to figure out where everything goes and why it's going there and how, and then trying to pick up their phone and go search for the thing to find out what it is that can ruin it for them so they're not surprised when it happens. Like, I don't understand that. Um, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with what the brand is. I'm happy with where it is. Do I want it to get better? Yes. Do I want it to grow? Yes. Do I want it to expand? Yes. Again, people will take this line, use it out of context, and – it's a marathon, not a sprint. I'm not here to make a brand that's around for a few years or, or a few minutes or, you know, 
I want it to be long term and and how's it going to be long term it's 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 going to morph and evolve it shouldn't be the same if it's the same three years from now or four years from now as it is right now we made a mistake it's just like people you grow if you're the same person four years from now you didn't grow um thank you <laughs> appreciate it um and um I, I i love that justin barrasso line by the way that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> Feel free to go. <laughs> and next, we'll move to Alistair McGeorge with Metro. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Hey, Alistair. Hi. I want to kind of ask about Ted DiBiase's involvement. So, first of all, so sort of how did that all come about for you, and also how hands-on has he been with the younger talent behind the scenes while he's been at the shows? Look, you can't have somebody like Ted DiBiase um, be around and be at your shows without young talent going over to him and picking his brain and him interjecting and, and helping them learn. Um, it's a wonderful part of having somebody like him around. Now, look, now uh, not, not everybody in that generation comes around and is helpful or whatever. Some want to be, some don't. Great. Ted is of a Ted's of a, a mindset that he just wants to help and he wants to uh, give information and he's there. If talent want to talk to him, he'll talk to him all day and answer questions and do stuff. So it's it's awesome having him around. I love it. The talent love it. Um, and I can tell you one of my favorite things just recently has been uh, this week when we revealed the, um, the million-dollar title um, – as they, they brought the case out for the first time in the afternoon as we were going to practice putting it on a podium, and they opened it for the first time, and there was a, a, a pile of talent that were around. How many people? I'm not really sure, but they were all over the building. And um, the, the reaction to everybody of seeing the million-dollar title was awesome. Just, you know, it's one of those things where, like, there was one original title, and it, it didn't get redone. It didn't get re you know, booted or remakes. There was some replicas that were sold or whatever, but not the real deal. And when you have the real deal there and everybody, I mean, everybody just came over and was looking at it and was in awe of it. And it was a really cool reaction. It just, just the power of the brand over the years of, of that. And, you know, uh, things like that, those moments, like the, the, the million dollar title, it, it's, it's also thing why I think like the, the quest, the rep, uh, the um, memorabilia show did so well, um, and and was such a big hit. Is it brings people back to a time in their life and their history, and um, it's special to them. And so for, for a lot of those talents, seeing that in person um, was uh, was quite a moment. It was cool to see. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for your time, man. And next, we'll move to John Alba with Spectrum News 13. Paul, how are you today? Hope everything's going well on your end. Um, Good, John. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I wanted to ask about NXT TakeOver SummerSlam weekend. SummerSlam, typically a, a big destination pay-per-view. Obviously, you guys are getting back uh, full touring here, going to Las Vegas on a Saturday. Uh, reports indicating that uh, the TakeOver would be then the Sunday in Orlando. I wanted to know if you could comment on that and if that's a format that you guys plan on continuing with holding more big events in Orlando 
despite WWE's uh, other shows hitting the road. It shows a little bit of a work in progress um, as far as where that show lands and how, uh, I'm sorry, as far as the SummerSlam weekend takeover. Um, you, you know, we're, we're in, a, in a unique time coming out of the pandemic and, and uh, getting back on the road and, and doing live events and, you know, SummerSlam um, going to Vegas in a stadium and uh, hopefully we'll have a full house and it, it you know, it's uh, it should be awesome, but it's a, but it's a unique time, and a lot of it is is sort of as everybody is trying to feel things out. So there's a little bit of a of an ebb and flow right now of where things exactly will land. But I can tell you this for WWE, for our our staff, our crew, all of us, you know, here behind the scenes, but especially for our talent, we cannot wait um, to get back in front of crowds and full arenas and, and excited fans. It's the lifeblood of what we do. And, uh, you know, having ne never having thought we'd experience it, once you go through having no fans, um, it makes you realize that they're everything we do. And, and I think we cannot wait to get back in front of them and, and uh, show them what WWE really does again. And uh, but, but it'll be a, a, an evolving process as we get into the, the summer months and into the fall. Great, thank you very much. And we'll move on to Vincent Shardek with DL Media. Hey, Vincent. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm good. Yourself? I'm good, too. Thanks. Um, my question will be about the Million Dollar Championship. It will be a great ladder match at takeover between uh, Cameron Grimes and LA Knight. I can't wait for it. And um, my question is, uh, do you have any idea of how the title will be used on NXT and uh, will it be defended on live TV? What's the plan with the title? Uh, well, uh, I can tell you what the plan is right now is that on uh, uh, Sunday at In Your House, uh, we're going to find out who the new million-dollar champion is. Uh, from there, uh, we'll see. But... Um, yeah, there'll be a new million-dollar champion crowned, and, and as Ted DiBiase said, there's quite a legacy to uphold. There's only been four people that have ever held that title. Ted, Virgil, uh, Ted's son, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, so it's a pretty pretty strong grouping. So, um, you know, the person uh, person that's going to walk away with this on Sunday, it's a, it's a big moment. And I can tell you, I just talked a minute ago about talent seeing the million-dollar title for the first time, uh, both Grimes and L.A. Knight. Uh, seeing that title, it was funny. Uh, it, 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 the whole thing, even even for me watching it when it was happening live on television, there was a moment in the ring when, when Ted opened it up and I could see both of them sort of, you know, when, when you're around talent so much, you, you get to know them very well. And I could see both of them come out of character just for a moment to think like, holy cow, I'm in the ring with the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and he is holding the million dollar title. And I'm, you know, about to go into a match for that. Like I would have never dreamed that in my wildest dreams. So um, it's a very cool moment. I think fans are excited about it as I am. I wish you all the best for takeover. Thank you so much. Thanks, Vincent. Okay. The next question will be our final one for the day. And our final question will come from Connor Casey with ComicBook.com. 
Hey, Paul, thanks for doing this today. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, uh, man. Just wanted, absolutely. Just wanted to ask about um, with WWE going back on the road. Uh, do you got, do you guys plan on being back in full sale anytime soon? Um, so for right now, the, the, the Capitol Center is our home, um, and uh, you know I, I want to stress that our partnership with Full Sail is still very strong. Uh, we love that partnership. I'm, I'm looking back forward to having students as, as they open back up as a campus and um, get students back. They've been open because of online, but getting students back in place and really beginning to be hands-on again, really looking forward to picking up that, um, that, that interaction with the students. NXT for me is in some ways, it's, it's like this youth factory. And um, I always say like going in there is like the fountain of youth. And that to me, that's a part of full sale is a big part of that. So whenever we have the, the, these young up and coming talent, whether in ring talent, behind the scenes talent, cameras, sound, lighting, live event production, whatever it is, um, it's invigorating and, and full sale is a large part of that. So our partnership is still very strong. I, I love uh, what we do with them and I look forward to it continuing and growing. For right now, the, the, our home is a capital center. We'll see where that goes and, and uh, you know, but we're obviously with, uh, with full sale and, and that team, um, we're open to any and all ideas as we always are, and, and we work together a lot. So it, it's, uh, it's a very strong partnership. Awesome. Thank you, and good luck on Sunday. Thank you, Connor. All right, folks, that'll wrap up today's conference call. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll turn it back over to Paul for some closing comments. Hey, thank you, guys. I, I also wanted to mention um, that uh, I, I believe a lot of you have already submitted questions, but I just want to remind everybody that there will be an NXT press conference with talent um, streaming this Saturday at 11 a.m. across uh, many WWE platforms. So thank you for participating in that in advance and, and uh, the questions that worked very well uh, last time. I look forward to doing it again. Uh, Town enjoyed it. I think the media enjoyed it. So um, that will be uh, something exciting. And thank you all for being here today. I look forward to it. I will speak to a lot of you after the event, I am sure. And um, thank you for your support today, and I look forward to talking to you later. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you Sunday night.